Welcome to the In The Box Tour. We're here to blend the worlds of CrossFit and PT, so we're going from gym to gym and talking all things CrossFit. I'm Dr. Mesa Hanali. And I'm Hannah Briel, and today we're here with Matt Dawkins, owner of CrossFit Sacred Pine, host of the Sacred Pine Invitational, and Chocolate Milk Enthusiast. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Welcome, Glad Matt. Thanks for having me. How you feeling? I'm sweaty right now. What did you just do, Matt? I, uh, a couple of knuckleheads in this box decided that we needed to see where we fell in the world of standing of uh, event one of the CrossFit Games. So, um, 17.06 was my time, in case you guys were wondering. Hey! I fell in the gap. Uh, I did, did three rounds. Three rounds at the intermediate level, so I'm just stoked. I got legless rope climbs. I got a 155 snatch. Okay. So, it was run 400, two legless rope climbs, it's and then 155 up. snatch instead of 185. And, yeah, so... Feels great so you're outside. You're basically a games athlete. Yeah. yeah basically, well, you're more fit than most of the people. I think I saw a couple countries that I'm better than. So at least two. Well, the first question we start with for everyone is why CrossFit. That's such a dangerous question, and I'm excited to get into it. So I had a chance to go back. First of all, thanks for having me, and I love what you guys are doing right now. Thanks. This is awesome. <laughs> this is this is so awesome. Thank you. you guys we are, love it. What, I think what you're doing right now is. Bringing some unity down here in the Low Country by getting around and That's and also idea. spreading the word of the need for uh, physical physical therapy piece inside hey. of these high intensity functional spaces. So I'll I'll say that. Thanks for having me. So the reason I do CrossFit now is different than when I started. So I grew up an athlete. I knew how to move like an athlete, think like an athlete, and eat like an athlete. <laughs> but when I graduated college, I stopped. Moving and thinking like an athlete, but I certainly just kept eating. eating like an athlete. <laughs> and so I knew that one of the things that was going to get me back in the game was to find the team and the coach and the camaraderie and to get into the trenches, to begin to sweat, and even the commiseration and the, all that. I needed to find <laughs> that again. suffering. Yeah. And where I was in life, I just got married, and uh, we just had a, my wife just had a kid, and our, our little girl. And, um, and we went through the honeymoon diet and the baby diet, and I was 265 and just... You know, here I am 50 pounds later, but at that moment I knew I had to, something had to change. And so I started at CrossFit North Charleston, and I just loved it. 6 a.m., that was my crew. Craig, Greg, all those guys, John, they were like, that, that was three years ago. And I still remember every single person I worked out with every day, the relationships we had, how, you know, sticky it was. I just kept, Literally. it's like a weird thing to say about it, but like I, I just kept wanting to come back. And six months into CrossFitting, after 35 pounds down, Dang. it was undeniable that I, I I wanted to open my own box, and I just saw a way that I could do it differently and appeal to the rest of the low country. Um, I thought the CrossFit boxes in the area were doing a good job appealing to CrossFitters, but I wanted to appeal to the other 99.9% of the population who needed this as bad as I did. You know, I was a pastor at the time. My job was to sit down and drink coffee and eat food and talk with people through their problems. And you carry that into the night. It's not a nine to five and you end up eating your feelings. And, you know, it's a tough job. And so I needed that piece in my life that was going to help me de-stress when I went home and it was going to help keep me level. But also I needed to get healthy. And so here I am 50 pounds later. And the reason I do CrossFit now is because I believe this is just, a, I think this is sort of intrinsic to the nature of CrossFit that people who do CrossFit recognize that um, they were created for, to do something great. And that they are way more capable than they realize. And that if they would just um, begin to kind of break the seal of capacity for them and get in here. And maybe it's to lose the first few pounds or 
to pick up a little bit more weight than they thought they were capable of, the doors begin to open. And most of us, and I believe all of us, were created to do something great. Our greatest limiting factors are our physical bodies and the way we think. And that's the two things that CrossFit absolutely helps us figure out is how to change our bodies to become more capable and to change the way we think. So when things suck, like in life, that we have to do something that we're not looking forward to, we have the mental toughness to attack it. And so this now we've like got the most hype start to I can like, all time. I can tell you, like, I'm just I'm getting so started. But right the reason Let's I do CrossFit out. is. Like, I think we're done here. <laughs> like, the reason I do CrossFit is because I've had a chance to meet people like Bill Black, who's 66 years old. He came to us over a year. He'd been taking 50, insulin, 50 units of insulin every single day. And his doctor, every time he went back, every month would say, this is pretty much going to be the rest of your life. Gave him no hope. Talked nothing about exercise and moving well and eating clean. Oh, and so, so he even told him, like, you know what? If you want an extra piece of dessert, get it. Just put a little bit more insulin in the pump. You no, know, you're good to go. Told him that? Yeah. And so Bill finally got frustrated enough and started doing research and heard about CrossFit. And his family was involved in CrossFit, so they'd been talking to him about it. He comes to us in October, 50 insulin units a day. Two months later, two months later, he is completely off insulin medication. Still on his pre-diabetic medication, but he's down 8% body fat. He's lost 35 pounds. He is in, he's like in the best shape of the last 20 years of his life. He's 66 years old, and we got to tell that story. And, you know, to say, okay, so that's why I crossed it. Now, you know, like yeah. that, and I, and I could tell you so many other stories of people that came in here depressed, came in here with PTSD, came in here with frozen shoulder syndrome and fatty liver disease and knee replacements and had the feeling of they were pretty much done. Broken. living their life to its potential and they came here and when they thought they lost it they found it they got it back and here they are now our raving fans helping us in the low country just put hope out there so, that's, so awesome. that's why i crossed it now i definitely say a practitioner of it trained almost every day i love it for me but it's the joy of getting to help people understand how great it can be for them and they just step in so you so. said it took you only six months to realize that you were like, I just want to do this. I'm sitting down at a coffee shop with a guy named Jason Johnson, and I feel like there's something next for me. And I'm, it's not clear at the time. And he, he's at a, a functional fitness facility in Mount Pleasant. And he's, he's going, dude, you should open a CrossFit gym. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, first yeah. I'm like, no. And I'm like, yes, okay, maybe I should. And it just went and got the level one cert, got affiliated. Uh, in our ninth name, you know, which is Sacred Pine, and we can tell the story if we want to, but, you know. Um, ninth? Wait. It was wait, our ninth choice. You had all the other choices. <laughs> we had so many other things that we tried to get past, but they were too much like other things. We wanted to be, at one point, we were going to be Park Forest CrossFit. We were going to be Old Trolley CrossFit. We were going to be CrossFit Pursued. And I think a lot of these were already taken. There's 15,000 I like millions, but Sacred Pine out of the best out of all those. You just listed, so that's good. Knowing that's, those are the reasons that I do CrossFit now, that's, in fact, the Somerville became known as a place of healing in the late 1890s when French scientists discovered that Somerville was one of the top two places on the planet where you could come and breathe in the turpentine scent of the pine trees and see signs of healing of lung That's disease. So cool. Somerville so became much. known as a place of healing, and I'm like, that gum, I want to be known as a place of healing. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. So here we are, CrossFit Sacred Pine. We so, don't worship the trees. That's what people ask us, the number one thing. That's what we but, do. It's always the moment. So <laughs> how did you them. become, like, Six months later, you were like, I want to do this. So then what happened from then? You got your level one. Yep. And then how long after did you, like, buy the space, open the gym? Let's tell us about that process. Yeah, so it was uh, it was August when we decided to do this. I went and got my level one in October. And by December, we had So you decided to own a gym before you had your L1. 
Yes. That's a before very I'd ever coached a class. Like, I owned the gym before I'd ever coached a class. Wow. That's wild. And people followed you. People followed me because I was the pastor who stood on stage of a 2,500-person church, and they saw me go from fat yeah. to flat, fat to flat, right? Yeah. They saw me lose 30 pounds. some, like, good coaches to coach for you. In time, we did. And now our coaching staff, most of them have come from other boxes and have been coaching for the better part of the last decade and mm-hmm. level two certified and, you know, um, all sort of credentials. And I get to be more of the front person that gets to sit down with people, get to know them, figure out what their goals are, partner with them, get them in the onboarding, get them in the 90-day challenge that we're doing right now, get them in the class if they're coming from another box. And, be, and introduce them to the real experts, you know, the real coaches. who are in the classes. So, so wait, so yeah. you got your L1, and then what happened next? Yeah, I got my level one, and we started planning because we knew we had seen some gyms in the area and then beyond. We immediately started sitting down with other boxes. And we intentionally sat down with boxes that were crushing it, boxes that were sort of middle of the road, and then boxes that there was where they were – soon to be shutting their doors. Mm-hmm. And we intentionally sat down with all of them because we knew that we were going to get a lot of wisdom out of every yeah. sit down. And of course, best practices are going to come from the, the best boxes. But the wisdom of what it was going to take, the amount of guts that we were going to have to have to jump in was going to come from those boxes that were currently fighting just to pay the lease mm-hmm. and the mortgage and had given up all their savings and moved in with their parents mm-hmm. and that is stories of people even in this area who, and that's what CrossFit does. Even the owners, is there's such an emotional tie to your people that you would rather let down the world and sacrifice your, your well-being so that your people have that community and continue to have that community. We wanted that, too. We didn't want to have to give up everything yeah, to get exactly. it. So that's where the other end of the spectrum came in was, all right, what are people doing to, be, to build a healthy business while also creating this awesome community? Yep. So we sat down with 15 affiliate owners. Awesome. We so went did as you far find as, that they were like really willing to help you yes, out? Even people in this area, nobody said no, everybody said yes. And that was the cult, that was what's so cool is I got to step into being an affiliate owner with that experience. And so where I know in the low country especially, a lot of people who've been in the CrossFit community for the last 10 years, they know the culture of silos. They know the culture of um, us four and no more. They know the cult- culture of everybody sort of inward facing and not seeing other boxes as a resource, and I know differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super special that um, that that's uh, everybody has kind of felt that shift, I think, even in the last six months with oh, yeah. the way that we attacked the Open in February. We get to be more involved. I think we might even get to be a host site in October, which is exciting. Wow, um, that's awesome. But we, we, we want all in on that. We all, I mean, I want to know what other people are doing that's working. I do think that in the last – year probably the charleston crossfit community has changed drastically mm-hmm. and that they went from this like scarcity mentality to the abundance yeah. mentality of gyms are interacting so much or doing like switching members like getting ideas off each other and i think that's a lot of it took it takes it takes one or two people having that mentality and coming together and i know there's like now affiliate meetings and all these yeah. things that are happening like have you been participating in a lot of that? Do you think no. that's like really cool? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. It's shameful well, I didn't on me. Get the invite. But one thing that, well, I have gotten the invite, and we did make it a priority this spring. But we knew but going I mean, into I mean, the summer that we needed to. Yeah, invitational. We had the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to. Um, I, I managed to give every responsibility away. I didn't need a judge. I didn't need to head judge. I didn't need to volunteer. I didn't need to be there for anything. That gave me the ability to float. And so we took like. 
I want to say this, like, before I say this, like, I want to say that I know what it's like to lose somebody to another gym. And early on, really struggled with that. Because, and that's, I think, where a lot of it breeds itself, that silo of, like, what the hell? Like, what do you mean you're, like, you're, all right, now we hate them. Now, these, they're the enemy yeah. now because we lost one member to them. And, 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 you know, and CrossFit Sacred Pine has lost 25 members at some point to other gyms. And you know what we've chosen to do because we came up in this culture of not silos, but of mutual appreciation and respect that these people are going to go somewhere where they're going to be in, in a better place for them to get trained. Maybe it's closer to the house they just moved into or where the job took them, is we celebrate them going. We've, we've lost coaches to other gyms, and we've made it a point to, on, on a Saturday morning, to say, hey, I sort of pause for five minutes, and I just want to recognize that, like, hey, this coach is about to go over to this other box, and they're going to coach there. I just want to give them a chance to speak and share their heart and give them a chance to say thank you, but we want to say thank you to them for what they've done here and how they've built us up and celebrated them going. And 100% of the time, it comes back. In and I think ways, that's but. just, like, in general, if all CrossFit is doing better, it promotes CrossFit in general. Yes. It promotes, like, if another gym yep. does better than someone who lives close to you, yeah. hurt, hears good things about CrossFit, they might come to you. And also, yep. like, I'm in and out of a lot of different CrossFit gyms in the area, and I think different gyms appeal to different people and do different yeah. things really well. Yep. So, like, while your gym might not be the perfect Absolutely. fit for someone, yep. it might be the perfect fit for a different person <laughs> at a different stage of their life. Yeah. A different, so knowing, like, what – I think just having confidence in, like, what your product like is what and you're what you're creating. Yeah. That if someone leaves, it doesn't disvalue you. Yeah. And the That's point exactly is that, like, we yeah. want everyone to do CrossFit, right? Perfect yes. worlds. And we know that, like, we're not going to be the one gym that has everybody. Like, every gym has to be different because every person is different in order to, like, accommodate yeah. every different person. There's 20 of us down here, and we are combined – we are reaching 2,500 of 500,000 people. For sure. You know? So, so like, like that's half of a percent, and that's terrible math, I'm sure. <laughs> but but really, I think I might be right there. Every half gym of, could be at full capacity. Yeah, and, and we're still, not even scratching yeah, the surface. Yeah, so yeah. let's stop fixating on the one person we're losing and recognize that there's a 1,000 people out there that need this desperately. Mm -hmm. And we can take that energy and focus it on. So I say all that to say we want it. We want into building the, the unity in the affiliate. I know we can't all hold hands and sing kumbaya. We can't do that. We don't have time we're for that. We're busy and we're sweaty. But we can at least we be unified. Yeah. Because a gem in the area, of the 20 gems down here, one shutting down is not a win for anybody. No. You know, it is a win that in the next year, 10 more pop up and they're all successful. That's a win. That's what, that's what I want to celebrate. That's what I want to do. And I wouldn't mind being a couple of the other ones, you know? Like having multiple locations and being able to do this in more places. But... I say all that to say we went in, and so at the Invitational, we took an hour, and we, we, we sent out a memo to all the affiliate owners in the area and coaches, and we said, if you're an owner or you're a coach, from 10 to 11, come by the whiteboard where there are plyo boxes and T-shirts and swaggy baggies, and we want to hook you up, and we'd love to meet you, we'd love to get to know you a little bit, and then just get a chance to say, in so many words, be a part of the unity, uh, you know, unifying awesome. low country, and so... We gave away, I mean, we, we put 600 bucks into it, and we gave away T-shirts and mugs and uh, custom coffee bags Aww. from a coffee company in West Ashley, and uh, and just said a big thank you mm -hmm. to people that are, are kind of leading the charge right now in the low country. So That's so awesome. So for those people that don't know, tell us a little bit about what the Sacred Pine Invitational is, yeah. kind of how you started it, because oh I think gosh. that's like a really cool yeah. story. Yeah. It just happened, too. Yeah, I think... You know, we're, we're coming in on the heels of, and I would say on the shoulders of, like, 
Integrity's Revenge and some of the monstrous, like awesome competitions that have happened in the Low Country that have such a great reputation. And I know, you know, that's that went away and it's kind of come back and then that has kind of maybe gone away now. Yeah. But people in this area know what that feels like. And we wanted to be a part of bringing that back. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Invitational, it's interesting because we, it we're two years in now. And when we started planning the Sacred Pine Invitational, we thought to ourselves, we aren't a competitive box at all. You know? And well, so we we're about to host little this competition. Little did you know. Oh, I didn't, like, we... We don't, we don't, I don't know that we have somebody that's going to ever win a, an invitational, you know? And it's not a knock on us. That's, we don't push so hard in, in the competitive sense, but we do have people coming up in the ranks, and who knows in a couple of years from now what we're, who we're going to see on the podium. But we wanted to, we knew we could create an awesome event. We knew that. And we knew, like, pull, pulling the audience from several other events, what makes an awesome event, and it's the hospitality, and it's the, and the people being served, and it's event running on t- events running on time, and it's, you say you're going to end at 3.30, you end at 3.30. And, you know, um, and so we just took a, took a chance and we stepped in. And last year we had 75 athletes throw down. It was all individual. This year we had 111 athletes, biggest competition we've ever hosted. So much fun. 350 people showed up to this box. <laughs> so, um, and we got pictures of Prove It. And we're going to take the next 360 days to post those pictures. Um, <laughs> One a day. But what, a, what an incredible experience. Fun to just get around and, and hype it to, to some of the affiliates in the area and see some of the some of the fittest athletes down here show up and compete. But also see people who never you thought know, they would compete. Yeah, who yeah. never thought they would compete, who who I mean a lot of people might even say have no business competing. Have the guts I to think step everyone in. Everyone has a business yeah. to compete. And, and I think that shows you compete yeah. every day in like the five thirty yeah. class. You know, like everyone's <laughs> always competing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. So anyways, two years in this year we just finished up. And uh, we're already planning for next year. Sent, sent the survey out, got really good feedback. Um, you know, I think we made some waves this year so that next year, I don't think it can be here. <laughs> I don't think it can be wherever we are. I think like we're going to have to find all seven locations. So, yeah. spoiler alert to anybody cool. listening, we are talking right now to some venues and we're listening to and sitting down so with awesome. the Beachtown Throwdown to see how they do things. I did that and I was, so, it was beautifully ruined. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I awesome same. Well, condition. you know my story of jumping in late. You know my story. Oh then? yeah, oh, you were the, yes. Yeah, so I went down to coach the Beachtown Throwdown, and and right in the first event, one of the athletes I was coaching got hurt. One of the other athletes ran to the head official and said, "Can we sub somebody in?" And he ran back to me and said, "Matt, oh, take your shirt off. Put your shirt on. You're in." So I ended up <laughs> pretty competing. epic. It was. It was epic. a great competition. It's it was a lot of fun. Changed my life. Um, so one more thing I want to ask you about the Sacred Pine Invitational, yeah. which I think speaks to a lot of the things you just talked about. Um, is the spirit of pine. Yeah. And I wanted you to just kind of talk about that. Oh, shout out to uh, Stephanie Rodriguez. So, uh, you know, in addition to like wanting to do a really cool competition, we are always looking for ways to distinguish ourselves. We want to stand out. We want to be not, we don't just want to be the best. We really do want to be the best. But we also want people to remember their experience with us. And so we've chosen also with the invitational to um, set a tone the past two years by giving away an award called the Spirit of the Pine Award. And the Spirit of the Pine Award was designed to recognize one athlete in particular that particular that we feel like embodies what we call the Spirit of the Pine. In other words, this, this athletes, they, they, they show up, they put in the work, they do their best, but they recognize that there are other people in the game. And that this is bigger 
This is about more than just today and winning. It's and about it's more than fitness. Yeah, the impact that you can have on this day can affect somebody for the next 20 years. And athletes, in their own right, in their own respect, are given a platform, and that platform give them, gives them influence, and they get to choose what they do with that influence. And, man, it's so cool because last year and this year, we saw people using their platform just to boost other people. And, and that, that's part of that's the beauty of competition, but I think it's extra special at the Sacred Fine Invitational. Sure. Stephanie Rodriguez, she's throwing a wall ball. She's handstand walking. She crushes the workout. And she would have – nobody would have given her a hard time if she signed her clipboard and got out of there and got jumped in the, the cooler. But she didn't. She turned right around with no air in her lungs, and she started cheering on the lanes next to her. And nobody was left out there by themselves. And that's, I got chill bones thinking about that because that's the same thing we encourage every day in the box. And especially we highlighted the invitational. She won a rogue butcher V2 sled. Which she has been using. Yeah, I saw her using it. Don't worry. The other day we were using it on the asphalt and they brought it in and it was like steaming off the bottom. The noise that that makes like haunting my sleep. It's like fingernails on the chalkboard a little bit. Awesome. I, what, I, what I thought about doing, we're about to place another order for our box. So I think I'm going to order some cleats and send them to Rapsy. Some like um, cleats that take that noise away. Oh. They go on the bottom. And oh, skids. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Really Do y'all have turf? Yeah, we thought they came turf. with it and they didn't. Yeah, so. yeah the turf is that, nice and quiet yeah. and smooth. Wow. And asphalt, it's all about the so experience, I think, with the sleds. I've always done it outside. It's just part of the, like, the miserable, soul-crushing yep. experience. Yeah. All right, so you're... Very involved in CrossFit. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I'm not going to say that. So tell us about your life outside of the gym, if you yeah. are ever outside of the gym, or do you yeah. sleep here? I sleep here. <laughs> you know, uh, we've, um, you know, this last season has been about remaining a practitioner, but learning how to get, add more value and care better for my team. Boo is really doing every, all the work in the box. And so a lot of my work here has shifted to more of sitting down in front of a computer and more phone calls and more meeting with people and less coaching and more sitting down with my coaches. As soon as this podcast over, I'm sitting down with my head coach and we're going to, we're going to get down to like, how you doing? How's life? How's everything going for you? What's next for you? Uh, any questions for me? And then I'll just kind of talk them through what's coming up. That's become more of my job uh, with the, with the business, right? Um, outside of the box, I have a wife and two kids. And my favorite thing ever is just, uh, you know, Saturday after work, going home, sh- closing the blinds, cutting off the lights, putting on a good Disney movie, eating popcorn, and wow, uh, can I come to your house? That things. sounds like my Saturday. And, and it's and it's typically the same Disney movie over and over again for about a hundred times. Oh but gosh, I'm movie. a homebody outside of the box. I'm, we're going we're going to Dallas in October, so that'll be the first time we've we've done something adventurous since we opened the box. But we really well, this both is pretty adventurous. I would say opening yeah. the box. Yeah. Yeah. How old are your kids? I've got a three year old. And eleven month old, and oh, he's wow. already walking. He might as well be running, eating everything in sight. So like both you. of these are like giant kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their mom and myself kids. are both bigger humans, so they get it honest. And um, and they're so so so. so they're amazing. gonna be great athletes, right? Yeah, my 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 daughter already loves being in here, oh, and love that. You know, about you five minutes that, at a time. <laughs> like we've asked this before, the kind of box owners who have little kids. Like, how do you think? Kind of owning a CrossFit gym plays into like your role as a dad. So let me go back to like before we opened the box because there's a there's a connection here. So when I did CrossFit, I also wanted my wife to do it, but we had a two month old and she was just pretty much tied to that two month old. And 
And also, I mean, at the time, honestly, we couldn't afford for both of us to do CrossFit. So you have to go. One yeah. So I went, and then when I got home, I put on my Coach Matt hat, and uh, and I was like, all right, babe, what do you want to do? You want to you want to bike? You do some push-ups? You want to do? She's like, yeah, I want to jump on the bike. I was like, okay, you want to do you want to bike maybe for laps around the neighborhood? Or you want to bike for time? And and my wife's like, you know, it's kind of just want to bike for fun, you know? <laughs> and I'm and, and it was a light bulb moment, and that's completely shaped the way we do our our programming. It shaped the way we run our box. But every time we're planning a workout, before it's for time or reps or laps or anything, every minute on the minute, whatever, it's got to be for fun. It's got to be for fun. There's too many things in life that we have to do. Fitness should be something that we get to do. So when I think about my three-year-old at home, for example, I'm desperate for her to want to have an active life. The like, nightmare for me is that she never wants to get off the couch. And when she has the ability to make her own decisions, that she, she just wants to be set into her lifestyle. And early on in her life falls into... You know, anything and everything that comes along with behaviorally induced lifestyle, uh, of, of sedentary lifestyle. So so, uh, so when my daughter comes in here, if, I don't care if you're here. I don't care if Matt Frazier's here. I don't care if Rich Froning's here. My daughter is going to be excited to be here because she's going to look at me and see how excited I am that she's here. Oh, desperate for her to love it. Even my son who's 11 months, like, I want him to love being here. So my daughter walks in. I could be coaching a class. If my daughter walks in, the people here understand my daughter's a priority, and I'm going to. My wife understands that, so she's going to try to guard my time. But, but if my daughter walks in, I'm desperate for her loving. So, how does it she affect? She gets bombarded. Everyone's yeah. like, "Hey, <laughs> that's so sweet." Yeah. I think that does set a really good example too, because like if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like something that you were forced to do that she's forced yeah. to do, which is fun. It's yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I played Clemson. I played football at Clemson. So when I graduated Clemson, all my buddies who played football immediately were like done with with fitness like hated it right Mm -hmm. just hated it and it was because they because you know the coaches at clemson made them show up at 6 a.m and do the workshops is it because clemson is it because clemson sucks yeah that's yeah that's probably it that's probably but if if you went to south carolina if you look at the if you look at the last couple years i definitely would say that clemson definitely is a terrible team and you know, I don't know. Have you even heard Dude, of Clemson? So, yeah, wait, what's Clemson? Isn't that like a town in South Carolina? <laughs> but yeah, my wife is a big Clemson fan. I'm, I'm learning to be a big Clemson. It's crazy. I play football there, and I'm not. I'm like the. I'm not the biggest Clemson fan. Oh, you're anyways. serious? You actually yeah, aren't the I biggest am, fan? Not, Why? It's not that I don't like That's them. Probably it's probably for another podcast. Just, but yeah, it was favorite for another podcast. So you said for next week. All of your programming, you want it to be fun. Absolutely. So like, what's your programming today like? Yeah, so we do fitness tracks. Um, we just started that back in April. Do you do all your programming? I do. I do. Well, no, 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 no. I, I okay. work out. I, you do I follow it. Our who writes it? Betsy Jonas uh, is our senior coach. Um, if you know her, like she's the perfect person to be doing it. Analytical mindset, positive disposition, has been doing CrossFit for the better part of the last decade, has been coaching for the last six years. She's got a level two cert now, and um, and she is passionate about it. So what we do with our programming is we do different tracks. If you like – like, if you like the idea of being competitive, you want to compete in online and local competitions, um, we have a performance track. And it's, you're going to see higher loads and complexities in that. We take the same workout and basically make it work for these three tracks. The sport track means I have an active lifestyle, or I like to train like an athlete, or I like to see how what I do in here makes me better out there. Maybe I'm an ultimate Frisbee player. Or golf or oh, surfing ultimate or frisbee! Yeah, do you know that? I was a competitive ultimate. Were you really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
it's a it's a running joke that everyone thinks this is very funny, and I don't think it's, it's funny. Some of our best athletes are still out on the field uh, three or four days a week. So thank you. Did you um, say high athletes. level sport? It, it really is. is. And they have, that, to, have to be careful. I mean, especially you have competitive aspirations in this. Ultimate frisbee is freaking dangerous. It's cutthroat <laughs> it's like, out there. Yeah. yeah. Full contact. Yeah. Well, that, if that's what you like to do, or you just like to train like an athlete, you're going to see moderate loads, moderate complexities. We're going to throw the muscle ups in there. We're going to throw the squat snatches in there. And then we have the fitness track, which is I just want to look good naked. I want my numbers to be great. I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to have a better checkup the next time I go to the doctor. I want to kick ass into my 90s, as Ben Bergeron says, you know. We, the loads are lesser, the complexity is a little lesser, the intensity is definitely still there because the intensity is the well, independent variable most commonly yeah. associated with favorable adaptation. Oh my exercise, gosh, right? you have tough weight. Um, so the intensity has to be there, but for people that want to have a good weekend and they yeah. want to sleep eight hours good life. and not have their sciatica keeping them up, you know, they choose the fitness track. And that's what makes it way more intimate when people walk into the class to kind of already know that after some time of like I'm fitness track, so I can go ahead and commit to that that track. You know, our coaches do a good job of going over the workout and providing skill time and a cool down on the back end. Um, and so but the programming is as GPP as possible. I mean, we do many uh, micro cycles. We'll do like a month of back squat on Mondays or a month of snatch on Mondays. Yep. But we never go more than a month. And outside of that, it is as constantly varied as possible without being random right being calculated so Betsy probably puts about six or seven hours into programming every week which is a lot of time for one week of programming she sends out great coaches notes and she's a she's going for us so so each class so say you have like a 530 class each class has a mix of the performance the fitness and the sport every athlete. single class and yeah. so if I were to choose sport and I go in and I see sport what if I – can I choose another one on the spot? Or, like, yeah, am I committed yeah. to Yeah, so, I mean – Like, the, do people again, jump around? Yeah, if fun is the goal, right? If we yeah. want you to have a good time, then the last thing we want to do is try to trap you into – and even – I mean, we have folks that are in the performance track who can't do those higher lows yeah. and complexities. And so we might scale them a little bit differently based on their goals, not their ability. And so even in the, even folks that are in the sport track – in fact, most of our people that are in the sport track are a roller coaster yeah, in terms sure, of, like, yeah. the track they choose based on the day. They're just like, I just like CrossFit. Yeah. You know? So if I see a movement I can do in the performance track, I'm going to say yes to it. And we're going to say yes. Yeah, I feel like that's the majority well. of CrossFitters, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We just want to do as much as we can, but like, it's just to make our life better. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to the games anytime soon. I don't know. I wish see. I was there right now. Some of those <laughs> people, people. I might make it to the oh. game. Zimbabwe, Papua New Guinea. Yeah, oh, really crazy to think about. So what are some of the characteristics you look for in your coaches? So we have four core values. And these are, these are essential for us. Um, and, and even like, I would say like foundation uh, under the, these core values is hard for people. You know, Greg talked early on in CrossFit uh, methodology is that, you know, giving a shit is everything, right? Like caring for people is everything. I've had people reach out to us recently, which has meant a lot to me. People like uh, Allison saw in the upstate looking down from CrossFit Electric City into what's going on here and saying, it's amazing what you can do just caring for people even when you don't have the technical proficiency you wish you had and that you're not a, you don't have regional athletes turning out of your box. Just, just being consistent, building relationships, caring for people. So absolute foundation. Um, I think Rhapsody uses words like humble, hungry, happy, like definitely 100%. Our, our core, four core values are, um, number one, 
that you are capable of celebrating your own success and the success of oh, others. I love that. Celebrating is big for us, and that's a big part of keeping it fun. That's why we do the PR board. That's why we do Bright Spots Fridays every Friday. You know, um, the second piece is that um, a coach that can be themselves. You know, I've given you know some of our coaches early on felt like they had to project, you know, a, a, a better version of themselves to everybody. That it's not okay to like Harry Potter and. <laughs> It's not okay to like. Well, I love I know, that. Such a weird, like, yeah. I wish I had a lot more role in that because I don't want to hate on Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter, but I'm just saying, it's like like it's not okay to be weird. In fact, we've challenged our coaches recently to say, "You are." I'm you challenging right now to be yeah. your weird self because if you'll be your weird self, you're going to free up so many other pe- people to actually keep connected here. Yeah. So be yourself. It's essential. We can't expect athletes to do it if coaches aren't doing it. Um, take ownership. This is not an hour of your day. This is a lifestyle. We want everybody to recognize that. You have to do your homework, and that means nutrition, too, even though we don't want to hear it. It means turn the TV off and go to bed so that you can actually get enough sleep. You know, It means try to mitigate stress from your life. It's not just, um, you know, this isn't going to ha- This isn't gonna take care of everything. This one hour is not going to be the magic pill. You've got to fight like for the start it. Uh, the other 23 hours, too. And the last one is chase excellence, and we've got that from, from Ben Bergeron. That nobody in this box is as good as they could be. Everybody can get better. Our coach's job as one of the pillars for coaching is to make everybody better. You know how it is. I'm sure you've seen this in other boxes where someone new walks in and they kind of steal the show, right? If there's a more need there, just like, I can't let go of that person because it won't be safe. It'll be dangerous. I've got to have more eyes here and I'll lose sight of everybody else. And then you begin to breed bitterness and resentment between the OGs and the new people. And it could be bad. Our coaches have to fight for that every single day. Hey, give one cue in this lifting portion, to everybody. Look, even if it's just a piece of encouragement. Um, saying what, and, and if you don't know, ask, hey, what are you working on? What do you feel, what do you feel like you need to get better? And just get have the accountability there. So those are our four. Celebrate, be yourself, take ownership, and chase excellence. We look for those in our coaches first so that we can begin looking for that in our culture. I love that. I love all four of those. Um, I'm going to put a little plug in for PT. I yes. think a lot of times, like, there is kind of a narrative of PT seating CrossFit and vice versa. And those four things you just listed, I think resonate so strongly with PT also and mm-hmm. what I look for in that community. So like, what is your opinion on kind of what we're doing, blending the worlds of CrossFit and PT and how those fit? How much more time do we have? All the time you need. <laughs> so I'll tell you my story. And, and this was just in, sort of in a moment. And we've had a great relationship. I feel like we've made the move and in the box. And we've, we've, it's been really good. It's been really good. We've also had some CrossFitters come to us. In fact, right now, I think we have six PTs and PTAs in, in our, mm-hmm. our space, yep. which is awesome. Um, you know, I think about people like Bill Black, you know, and it's like, I, he's okay with me using his full name. He's giving me permission to share his story, so you don't have to block <laughs> that out later. Sure. Um, but because we, we've, we've already told his story and put it out there. But, you know, right now, he's going through a lot of shoulder stuff. And, you know, I, I heard Cal Bauer on one of your previous podcasts mm-hmm. talking about the, the additional layer of knowledge. And how I'm an idiot if I well first of all I'm an idiot period right? and all that, right? period but just to build on that I'm even more of an idiot if I think I know everything I need to know about how the body works and how people can move and under certain needed restrictions or mobility issues or whatever and it has been such a gift to us I pick the brains of our PTs all the time when they're in our class um, and the the beauty is like like uh, for example next Tuesday at seven. Uh, one of our PTs is going to be working with Bill 
Um, and we decided that as we were in the learning process of that, that as a box, we were going to take care of that session for Bill and the next three sessions too, because we're going to get just as much out of it as Bill is That's awesome. to learn it. Um, and so, so such a gift to us. But I have my own story. You know, back in November, you remember the Titus Fit Games. Did you guys win that? We did. You I'm did. Gonna, I'm you won that? that. Won the Titus Fit Games. Yeah, They're actually was, hosting the uh, Festivus Games September 14th. So oh, awesome. plug there. Um, it was a powerlifting, CrossFit, strongman mix competition in teams yeah. of three, and I competed against Matt. And, and I, she crushed and us. And I beat so, him. Oh, my God. She we got destroyed. It was oh, in November, yes. I think it was in November, okay. but after that, I think it was Linda, I think it was the bench press, oh. my shoulder was never the same. So from November to February, my shoulder was done. My shoulder was toast, and I was so I was just kind of down about it, you know, and at that at that time, we got in Tyler Calaisi, he's a, a traveling PT, yeah. since moved now to the other uh, ocean uh, across the country, and um, he was like, let me just, give me a couple sessions, let me look at it. And in two sessions, he gave me homework. He worked with me on it. I mean, three weeks later, the Open started. And I went from having trouble managing the pain of hanging from the bar, from uh, trying to do a pull-up, to crushing double-unders in whichever workout that was. Where there were bar, not double-unders, bar muscle-ups. What am I saying? Crushing bar muscle-ups. And even in that moment, I was nervous because I hadn't been training them because I'd still been PT and I'd still been doing my exercises. And two sessions, two little tiny little sessions worth every penny, just realizing that I was never going to figure that out on my own. And I tried for four months. You know, I tried <laughs> what did to you do on, on your own? You uh, what did I do out. on my own? What most men would do, which is just suck it up. And okay, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> try that's to the dirt in it. Hey, ibuprofen. <laughs> Lots of uh, ibuprofen. Um, uh, you know, and just lay off of it and try not to do anything with it, rest it. What I realized was I had to move it for it to get better. And I've learned so, so much about the shoulder, in particular from these guys I'm sitting down with right now. And um, But learned so much in exercises that I continue to do so that I haven't had shoulder pain since. Like, not even a little bit. That's and that's just, day. it blows my mind. So Choose PT. Right now, PT. right now, if we had a better relationship with uh, someone who could be in this box, cough, cough. Like, oh my god, there are, 20, there are 25 <laughs> people right now. Podcast conversation. Yeah, it's, it's like I think when I think about PT, I think it's it's kind of like um, if there's an opportunity to give, it's a need of the spirit, says Tony Robbins. I'm gonna go there to contribute. We all have this need to contribute and to give and be a part of something. I think that, um, you know, uh, I think that PT is very similar to the opportunities to contribute in a way that. If more people knew that the opportunity was there, more people would say yes to it. More people would want to be a part of it. And and I think that the opportunity hasn't really been there here. But, I'll, but it's definitely pause and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about this hair I just put on my shirt for my life. <laughs> I, but I, I think that if the opportunity was there here, that we'd have twenty five people that say yes to it tomorrow. And well, I really hey. that's that's our people. That's our people who every day are, you know, and it's not something happened in this month, or in this season. It's stuff that happened 20 years ago that they've never, ever dealt with. It's a joint or a muscle or something about the way they move that they've never been able to get past. And to be honest with you, I know I feel like I've learned a lot in the last two and a half years all in a box, but there's stuff I may never know that tapping into the right resources, we can actually help people who have these ailments that we just can get past. So big fan of PT, definitely. Um, I see that says, when I sat down with um, Eve, for example, the you know 
we were talking about the CrossFit box of the future. You know, that, that, that the CrossFit box of the future, the one that's still going to be successful in five or six years, maybe less, is going to have to, it's going to have to be the box that has the menu of services to appeal to not just healthy people, but unhealthy people. PT is a big part of that. Maybe even bringing in the, the MDs that can write prescriptions. And, yeah. um, and, and, and we even have relationships now as we're looking towards the future of what's possible that we're sitting down now with oncologists who are seeing an absolute direct path for their patients because when, I mean, even after they're in remission, like how do you stay in remission as long as possible? You have to move. And so recognizing there's so much more, PT is a huge part of it, but even bigger than that, looking yes, towards Yes, I cannot MDs wait for the day where they can refer to CrossFit yeah. as a referral, yeah. like as a like prescription written yeah. well, like, to go to CrossFit. Well, like if we do exercise yeah. as medicine, then like why are we not all like working together? Like why do we not have PTs and MDs in our gym? And like, I think we've yeah. noticed over the past few years, I'm sure a ton of your members are like healthcare professionals, a ton of yep. the, our members, like yep. every CrossFit gym. And so I feel like that's kind of rising up. And like if a primary care physician's office could look more like a CrossFit gym, yeah. that well, would be a what, big I, I think the biggest issue is, and I, I, I respect it, but it's that, that doctor-patient uh, confidentiality piece where my oncology friend can't call me and say, hey, George Foreman is headed your way. I told him he needs to, he can't say that. Mm -hmm. All he can say is, hey, um, I just had a conversation with somebody. I'm sending them your way. You'll know when you see them or you're like, <laughs> yeah. but I can't I think say that's anything kind of to where, you. where like the cash base yes. and doing all those things is changing, changing the narrative. Uh -huh. It's our favorite term. But I do think like kind of, it's just a different, it's a different world. We're moving yeah. towards that. Like if you look at like Julie Fouché, who's doing steady MD or her husband is doing steady MD and all of these kind of like concierge medicine where people are seeing doctors on a regular basis or having access to doctors, even when they're not unhealthy. Yeah. It's just like on a regular wellness, basis, I'm going to yeah. check up with you. I'm going to do all these things yeah. that are going to prevent like preventative care and all like I, some of my patients are just athletes that just want to make sure they're moving really yep. well and that they're checking in with me every month and that we're like making sure that their joints are healthy and all that. And they're not necessarily like hurting, but that's like, why would that's you awesome. not spend your money on yeah. that? Because that's going to save you a ton of money yeah. in the long run. And like, that's, what is more important than Nobody that, wants you know? to see those costs on the horizon, though. Nobody wants to look that far out and really, really recognize how much it's going to cost them to not spend the money now. You know, I think that in conjunction with that, for, for so many moms and dads and people that work long hours that have families that feel like it's selfish to commit to taking care of themselves, the struggle is they feel selfish now and they don't recognize it's the one, the, one of the least selfish things they could do is take care of their bodies now not just with their training, but with professional body work for purposes of recovery and, and preventative maintenance to recognize that if you'll just do those things now, you're in 20 years, you're going to be a blessing and not a burden. When you're a granddad and a great granddad. Stay for the people in the back. You say that every episode. Oh my gosh. You're like, you're, you're, you're going to be. Your, your kids and your grandkids you're who feel so like. You're going to be so glad that you who, took care of yourself. Yeah, they're and not going to miss this one hour themselves. that you gave to yourself when you're able to give your whole life to them in 30 years, you know, when you retire. So that, and I was also going to say, you know, Greg Glassman, when he's talking about, the, you know, through the MD level one seminars that he's doing, mm -hmm. which I think are awesome. We've had people in the area go to those. Yeah. One of the things he says is, you know, you, you're not going to be able to call the CrossFit gym and say, I got a guy coming to you. You may literally have to hold their hand and bring them there. You know, I think with, I think the PT CrossFit connection may be very similar 
And I think it's sure. literally linking arms in a way that you guys are doing right now by planting yourself inside the boxes. You are in the box PT, right? Like <laughs> inside the box. You guys are, like the way that you guys are making waves right now with what you're doing is inspiring people all over, not just in the low country of South Carolina. I mean, people are asking about PT. I've got buddies who are, I've got buddies in West Virginia, down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, some in Atlanta that are still doing CrossFit the way they did CrossFit 10 years ago, but are recognizing that they're, they're, the, the return is diminishing, yes. right? That the value isn't there anymore because people in their area are getting watts and realizing that, you know, the opportunity, like, we've got to stop just trying to appeal to CrossFitters. We've got to appeal to normal people. But if we're going to appeal to normal people, we have to recognize we're also appealing to, like I said earlier, the frozen shoulder syndrome, the type 2 diabetes, the knee replacement, the shoulder replacement, the you know, the fatty liver disease, the Alzheimer's. It takes, it takes a village for yeah. sure. And it's 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 a it's a beautiful world in it's the future. Changing for it's sure. a miracle of the mind to look into the future, not to see and look at the world not as it is, but as it could be. And that's where like vision is born, right? And so what you guys are doing right now is birthing vision inside of all these fitness professionals uh, minds to realize what's possible and I agree with you. I'm like I agree so with you guys. Right now. Now. This is so. great. I feel like I need to listen to this like every morning when I wake up. <laughs> I'm just, like, so high. Well, great, I mean, I, I mean, if I could flip the table, so I know this is an interview for me, but I've got a question for you guys. So oh, I look at a space like this and I think, you know, is there opportunity here? That's been one of my biggest concerns. I know the people are here, but in terms of opportunity, you know, we're one big open space. How have you guys done this in other locations? Like, let's just say that location feels like they're limited in terms of, um, you know, is this a job interview? Yeah, yes, it is. So I want to go ahead and put it out there that I'm still a student. <laughs> I am. I He's actually just finished it. my last class of PT school today. <coughs> Congratulations. Yes, I'm not part of In the Box, but I am part of the In the Box tour. So Mesa, excuse me. I think I think definitely like any any. What do you do? I mean, you have you have open hours at locations. Yeah. So and... generally, I have open office hours at different gyms. Okay. Um, where I literally bring my table in the back of my car and oh, set sick. it up. Okay, set up cool. shop so the gym is my clinic and I do do a lot of like workshops so you don't bring like people me. into your van with the table laid down and no, say come no, into my van and I'll oh my god okay. Okay. Come, come into on. my okay. van yeah okay. come into the box and okay. I think yeah. I think that a, what a lot of clinics are lacking in I would say it's funny to say equipment because CrossFit gyms don't have that much equipment but like if you go into a clinic most of them have a couple machines they might have some a five pound, pound dumbbell, dumbbell. Okay. like a band. It doesn't really work for athletes, not right. athletes, anything. Like I just don't feel like that's a really a setting to make people better. get better. Okay. So I love treating out of gyms because it's just like open space. Everything. There's sandbags. There's dumbbells. There's so you bricks, use the equipment in the gyms yeah. to do the PT work. Mm -hmm. okay. it's a, like All I say, right. functional fitness. That's gonna mimic their real life. Like cool. if I have a patient who's struggling to pick up a like dog food bag, we can use a sandbag and okay. mimic that. But yeah, so I think it's not all CrossFitters that I treat. It is majority CrossFitters because I'm in CrossFit gyms. But I think the difference is like I'm just treating everyone like an athlete. Cool. Whether you're a CrossFitter or not, cool. I'm going to treat you to like the best of your ability. And I think that's what's cool about bringing people into CrossFit gyms is they, they see that. Whether they're a CrossFitter or not, like they see their capabilities the same way they would stepping into a CrossFit class. Um, but yeah, I think that's a possibility at well, that's what we call our members athletes. So that lines up really well yeah. with what we're doing. Yeah. So, so it, it yeah. works really well for CrossFitters because they are very comfortable in this environment. And then the non-CrossFitters, it's like you just added someone 
to the community, and now they feel comfortable, and they've seen it in a way that's not threatening to them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is what this is. Like, I can do this. Yeah. I am doing this. And I think it's a good segue of, like, a lot of my patients who are not CrossFitters, and they end up doing CrossFit or taking sweat classes or doing those kind of things just to, like, it's a good segue in. Yeah. Like, our ultimate goal, at least for me, and, like, I would say for you and most PTs, is to get people to be healthier and fitter and not just to get you back to where you don't have pain. Like, if you're not working out, I want to inspire you to work out and, like, make a lifestyle change. And so, like, being in a CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. they're way more inspired than if they just leave your clinic that's in, like, has no windows, that has two resistance bands. Like, what are they getting back to? Yeah, we're bridging the gap, essentially, yeah. between their pain and then the lifestyle after pain. Because I think that's what a lot of PTs do is just like, oh, we made your shoulder better, and that's it. Where I'm like, like how are I want you like, like, how are we going to make your life better? Human. Yeah. Like, take advantage of, like, oh, you had some pain. Now let's fix it, and now let's get you into a gym. Whether that be CrossFit, yoga, high-low orange theory, running, like, doing something more. We all want to do something more, right? right? We all want our patients to do something more and, like, ultimately have a higher quality of life. And then the really cool thing is if I do treat, like, an athlete at a gym, I can talk to the coach and be like, in class, have them do this instead of snatching. Gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) Like, watch what they do here. That is redefining bridging the gap. You said bridging (laughs) the gap, but that's, yeah. And, like, for, like so I awesome. treated Hannah for a while for her wrist, and she was doing some weird things. Some weird things. <laughs> we fix it up. I, like, grabbed one of her coaches, showed them what she was doing. Then in class, they can pay attention, make sure that's not happening, and then we're good. And just to have, like, like my coach know what's going on. I just feel yeah. like it helps so much. Like, you don't have to be like, hey, I can't do this right now. Like, my wrist hurts. Or, like, Hannah, like, you're good. Like, do your dumbbells. <laughs> Are you guys getting any resistance, like, as you're talking to affiliates all over the low country and maybe even outside of – CrossFit affiliates, maybe functional fitness spaces, yep. are y'all getting resistance? Like when you go in to talk about PT and CrossFit being on the same page, like is anybody going, mm, that's bullshit? Like, no. not in this box. <laughs> no, I don't. Cool. I haven't gotten any resistance, but I will say you can definitely tell the difference between, I mean, everyone's like, on paper, it sounds great. Everyone says, like, yeah, that's great. But then there's people who actually believe that's great and actually like understand what we're doing and, yeah. and then there's people that like unfortunately might have had like a bad experience with PT or gone through quote-unquote traditional PT and yeah. think like there's no place for this in the gym yeah. and I think that's like definitely the difference between locations I've been successful at and locations I haven't been successful at is like the gym owner or the, the way they feel about it they believe in the process and then they're gonna tell their members that and they're gonna promote it because they're yeah. the ones who yeah. their member trust not me at first at least like they trust their coaches and they're gym owners so they really trust the process and believe in it and don't think like oh this is just a quick fix like six needles in me i'm gonna feel better yeah. they have to trust the process of those things then that's so not resistance per se but yeah. maybe like not fully understanding that's a, what there's a doing. chasm between resistance and the lack of awareness mm-hmm. and even like in what we're doing right now is we're creating awareness yeah of how pt and crossfit need to be on the same page and in the same spots and serving the same purpose they need to be, you know, or every athlete needs to have a, a piece of both in their life. It's the same, like, in, even in CrossFit and the way that we market, we recognized recently, we had a guy drop in two days ago, for example, who had been in conversation with a, a, a local gym, and they were ready to sign. They didn't even know we existed. And they found us on Google Maps at random, and they were like, hey, you know, it's like, you know, I, I think there, it's like a lot of uh, uh, businesses feel like, Maybe their product isn't good enough, or that they're not adding enough value, or that um, they don't really, they don't serve a good enough purpose in the community. And the reality is, just nobody knows. 
Nobody knows they exist. Well, the marketing and is so, huge. Yeah. And so, like, something like that, you're creating awareness by doing this podcast right yeah, now. For a lot of people that aren't pushing back, they just don't know that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what CrossFit is for a lot of people. And I certainly said that's what PT is for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's a better way, and I might be a little biased. I believe CrossFit is a better way to accomplish your goals than most things out there. Yeah, I think we all agree. We're like, all biased on that. Moving is winning. Look at all of our shirts. If you're moving, you're winning. And I salute you, and I want and keep moving, especially if you're enjoying it. But if you're thinking that the 1970s bodybuilding mentality is still the elite, the, the ultimate way to get your, your goals, like you're just going to beat yourself up, and you're going to be limping in 20 years. You know, like What if there's a way that you can accomplish your goals? And, and the reality is there is a way. But we just have to create the awareness. And so people, like, like with us, we're like, oh, we know CrossFit, we do CrossFit, but to someone who's never heard of it or like sees CrossFit as still this crazy sport, like they only look at the word CrossFit. And like yeah. I think CrossFit is just the name of like all the different ways you can move combined into one. Like last night I had a patient in CARES and like I told someone to grab 10 pound dumbbells and they kind of looked like it wasn't a patient, but they were like, oh, like struggling. And I was like, yo, it's 10 pounds. And they were like, sorry, Hannah, I don't do CrossFit. I was like, this isn't CrossFit. Like, they were like, oh, we're doing CrossFit. And it was the end You're of like, my session. Groceries? We did three rounds of something. And they are like, oh, we're doing CrossFit over here. It's, so it's not CrossFit. It's just moving. I'm flattered by that. I'm flattered by that. I mean, CrossFit specializes in not specializing. We are, we've taken a piece of everything and brought it into one. And so I love that CrossFit has, I think in that environment, I don't mind that, that's, that they're saying, oh, we're doing CrossFit. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Like, how do we take monostructural gymnastics and weightlifting and combine it all into one? I like that it's like, you do more than 10 pound dumbbells, you're doing CrossFit. I know yeah. what you're saying, though. You're saying this is intensity. Exactly. Like, this is intensity, just, which like, you have to have. Pushing one adaptation. If you, want, if you want growth, you want change. Because yeah. no one's ever like, oh, God, we're doing Orange Theory just because, like, you're running. Or, That's like, true. oh, you're a high lower. Like, no yeah. one ever says that. Like, but as soon yeah. as you pick up a heavier dumbbell or you add, like, I'm going to do sit-to-stands and then I'm going to do, I did modified thrusters. Oh, God, we're doing CrossFit. Like, better stop. Like, that's yeah. a good thing. You're- but I don't like You said you like controlling the narrative. You like that left phrase, controlling. Changing, Changing the narrative. Changing the narrative. I, I believe in some sense, that even though it sounds manipulative to say, like, we have to also control the narrative when it comes to CrossFit, the CrossFit has a better name now. Oh, the CrossFit so is about something that's so much better now. So every opportunity I have to, um, to crack on somebody who's a hater is an opportunity to tell a better story. Like if you right? think this sure. is CrossFit, hey, then let yeah. me tell you about Bill Black, who's sixty-six. Let me tell you about Lenny, who just got off the dialysis. There's nothing they can say back and, to that. Like it is, yeah. it is what it is. Like yeah. they're gonna be like, you're right. That's an awesome story. Yeah. And most people who feel that way or are hating on it have never stepped foot into a box and don't understand what we're really doing. Yeah, it's so my thing is like, just yeah. just try a class. If you hate it after you try a class, I'll believe you, but that's very rare. But like, no success story ever ends with, yeah, I just increased my insulin. Every day, yep. like, and I just got, I just diabetes, it just went away. I feel so much better now. I'm doing 100 units every day now. I just eat cake every sure. night. That never ends well. Mm-hmm. We, I, the fact that a doctor told someone to do that is just like mind blowing to me. Well, this is what Bill told me too. He said, with regard to type two diabetes, that most people who have it live in denial all the way up until their first amputation. Is the truth, yep. and the reality is that's where type two diabetes leads. That's how most people live yeah. until they're like, "Well, I can do whatever I want to do until, until there's a consequence." consequence. Yep. Until yeah. you have to make a lifestyle change, and like it sucks that that's what might lead someone to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Spitfire. Yeah. So we have a it. couple of fast Bring questions. It. 
Also, wait first. I want to get into your chocolate milk. Oh, come on. Um, obsession. Oh, yeah, real quick. I also love chocolate milk, milk okay. but it has right. to be cold, right? Okay, absolutely has to be cold. Okay. We have a fridge. The chocolate milk stays one. in the fridge. Yeah, I think I need to get one. Just the, the what of it is that Borden Dairy shows up every Friday with 250 milks, and we throw them in the fridge. And our people devour them, and they love them. So if you follow Built by Chocolate Milk, it's a fun follow on Instagram. They talk a lot about... You know, what is the proper ratio of protein to carbs? Honestly, I think people get in the weeds too much about that kind of stuff. But, you know, coming from a fitness professional, maybe I shouldn't say that like that. But I am going to say it anyways. But here's what I do love about chocolate milk. It tastes amazing, and it's surprisingly refreshing at the end of a workout. It also has, it also has simple carbs that your body is going to use quickly to replenish your glycogen store, whatever storage, so you have energy to go on. And there's a little protein in there, too. You know, it's a little gift. Well, what I do is I take a chocolate milk and a scoop of chocolate peanut butter ascent whey protein. Well, I still have to try it that. It's an adult chocolate milk. The best <laughs> tasting thing really? ever. Yes. Oh, chocolate especially milk. with chocolate milk. So it's if you so want good. an entire fridge full of chocolate milk, come and say goodbye. And the goat, Rich Froning, just went on record as saying he drinks, I think, a gallon of milk every single day. Oh. So and he has so the less least inflammation he's ever had. He's arguably maybe even in the he's best shape he's ever been in. He's gotten through a right. lot of like, you know, issues, uh, you know, per, you know, and, and now he's an incredible athlete. Uh, but he drinks a ton of milk too. Oh, so I don't know if I can do that. Me and John I love milk. it. When we were three months in, we were like, all right, we want to be fun. We want to be a gym that's fun. What's something like that's just quirky fun just that we weird. can do? The chocolate milk for We can do fit eights. And at that, even at that point, just three months in, we were like, we can do fit eights, and then we can afford to give it away. People would kill this, and they'll love it. And I was like, you know, well, people like people will hear about this, so we can do fit eights, or we could do chocolate milk. And we were gonna do chocolate milk on tap. So oh we, my god! We, we, we called Morton, and they do like five gallon bags of milk that tap into like a kegerator kind of That's thing, right? Hilarious. This reminds me. And of they my said childhood. it's so messy. It's oh, so really? messy. You will clean it up a thousand times a day. Yeah. It's so messy. They were like, trust us, do the cartons. So we do 250 cartons of milk a week. Tomorrow they'll be here. Borden will be here. Mike will be here dropping off our milk. He nice. restocks our fridge for us. He's the freaking man. And, I love um, this. I know. We write him a check. We get our milk. They don't take cash or they don't take a credit card. They still do checks. Got to write a check. Got to fax it. Um, All right. Check. So this has got to be super quick. Okay. All right, First thing. Ready? Favorite breakfast? Uh, eggs, 100%. I like eggs. Four eggs with cheese, three slices of bacon, oatmeal with banana, raisins, scoop of peanut butter. Oh my God. And I'm so a big cup of coffee. Oh, Favorite workout? Um, Grace. I'm stealing it from Cal. Cal said the same thing. Favorite movement? Um, I really started to like handstand walks just because I think I've just finally figured them out. Least favorite workout? Um, Fran. Least favorite movement? Burpees. Anything burpees. Burpees, anything. Goal for 2019? I know you love burpees. No, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Goal for 2019. We got about four months left. Um, Goal for 2019 is... You only have four months. I know, Grace. Isn't it August already? It's August 1st. September, October, November, December, so I guess we have August. Ah! We have five months. Um, our goal starting at the beginning of the year was to establish systems that were comprehensive and that every single one of our team members not only could understand, but could communicate. That was the number one goal. Number two goal was to um, become healthy. Um, and a lot of that was financial, but also that. that was culture. So, and I th I, yeah, we're, I feel like we're on our way with both of those. How many members do you have? We're 240. Dang. So. Embarrassing moment in the gym? Uh, Probably every day. Early on, definitely. It, when we started, we didn't do squat snatches. We didn't do handstand push-ups. We didn't do American kettlebell swings. Because I didn't know how to do any of them. I told you I'd never coached a class before I opened the box. 
And I was just dealing with a bunch of church people in the beginning, so they were okay with it. <laughs> they were like, Matt, what are you making this Early on, I'm demonstrating a hang power clean with a PVC pipe, and I bust my nose. Oh, yeah. my I'm gosh. I'm talking yeah. about, like, yeah. red shower of blood. Down. Oh, that bad? And I just kept coaching. So, anyways. That's amazing. All right, first, still here, first CrossFit workout. First CrossFit workout was at B2B CrossFit in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was fight gone bad. Mm. Oh, that's yep. painful. All right. I didn't finish it. <laughs> weakness, like personal weakness. Uh, admin, attention to detail. Strength. Um, hype. Uh, that yeah, I think that was pretty a little easy. Engineering living in the clouds. All right. I think okay. we're, we're good with the Spitfire. Boom. Nice shot. So, yeah. That's probably the fastest one I'll we've had. You're still paying attention. Thank that. you for being a listener. Uh, this is, a, I'm sure it was a longer podcast. But I love no, this is awesome. That so before we wrap though. it up, I have like one or two more serious questions, and you can you don't have to answer these super fast. Um, we've kind of talked about it, but if you had to sum it up, how has CrossFit impacted your life? Yeah, I think making the connection between we were created for something great. Every single one of us was created to make our mark and leave a legacy and do something epic with our lives. And, and to also realize CrossFit helped me understand that we all have limitations and our greatest limitations are the way that we think and our physical bodies. And CrossFit's helped connect taking care of my body and developing mental toughness in a way that I'm not scared of anything. And I feel like if I was scared of anything, it would be just kind of being an owner of a CrossFit box, but I am just lit up with excitement and hope. And every person that walks through this door is another story that I hope we get to tell in, in, in 90 days. And so that's so awesome. Yeah, the connection between you're created for something great. We want to help you understand how you can accomplish more than you thought possible. We do it through community-based, purpose-driven fitness. So Last question of the day: If you had to describe your community in three words, what would it be? Attention deficit disorder. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. 100%. I was like, where is he going with yeah. this? They get it honest. They get it honest. So Every yeah. gym has a different vibe. We call, our, we call our whiteboard time sacred time, and sometimes sacred time goes 25 minutes. It doesn't. I'm just oh kidding. God, but so sometimes funny. I get I caught up in telling a story about my I daughter, and I'm like, oh yeah, we need to work out today. Oh, yeah. Everyone's so, like, hyped after the end. Let's do it again. Oh, my God. I know. We could definitely raise the gap. This is great. All right. Go ahead and tell our followers where we can find you and your gym. Yeah. So, personally, you can follow me at at datmalkins on Instagram. Datmalkins. Datmalkins. That is a really old handle that I just let live. Yeah. What about (laughs) Probably needs to be, like, CF Matt Dawkins or something cool like that. Dawkins. Your website for your... Um, Our website for our box is CrossFitSacredPine.com. A better place to find us is... Uh, facebook.com slash CrossFit Sacred Pine. You get a better picture of our community there. Um, and then also, um, we're doing a 90-day challenge right now for people that are looking to step in and get started. So if you're in the PT world looking to step into CrossFit and you're in Ladson, we will set you up for success. We will help you accomplish your goals. If you've tried everything else, come give this a try. Come have fun with us and find out how fun it can be to, to get in the best shape of your life. So. All right. Well, this is yeah. awesome. If you're listening, make sure to give us a five-star rating and oh, a great sure. review. Thanks for listening. This is awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next box.